1: Well, Zach, it's, uh, it's an interesting week. I, I will We'll say, full disclosure, we're recording this on Tuesday. Tuesday, like, yeah. Election Day. Election Day, right? Day, that's right. So I, I voted this morning, and um, heard a stat this morning, 40 million people voted early. That's incredible. In the election. It really is. And so the commentators were talking about, you know, this used to be Election Day when everyone voted. Yeah. Right now, 40 million people coming into it, and there'll still be, I don't know how many people will vote in total, sure. but that's a, that's a big number.
0: Yeah, I mean, you think total population, then how many of those are adults? I mean, it's got to be a significant percentage.
1: I would say it's probably more than 50% of the of yeah. total that's going to vote. But uh, very, very interesting. So we'll uh, we'll see how the, the week ends up. I think it's probably going to take um, a little bit of time. That's what I saw. It, it some takes, runoffs for yeah. Georgia, potentially. I mean, you so said we may be a couple of weeks out before knowing yeah. you know anything at all. But, you know, you're filling in for uh, Steve today. I am. And Steve, you know, I think he, <laughs> he said he was sick and maybe a little under the weather. But yeah. you know, Clemson lost this last week yeah they they so lost he he knew that i was going to be ribbing him a little bit so that's you know that's kind of what i'm thinking what do you think
0: I, I, I think you're right And you know what's funny is I, I didn't even so listeners may know i'm from the midwest from, from chicago notre dame big yeah. midwest football yeah. right so i actually heard about it from friends from south bend indiana and in notre dame and uh they're like they were saying how they they won it was this big game I'm like oh who's you know who's who's Notre Dame playing? I'm like, oh my goodness, they're playing Clemson, and then yeah, when I heard Steve uh, wasn't going to be on the show, I was like, oh, that's why. Has to be why. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's hurting today. <laughs> Georgia did
1: fantastic. What a, what a they game did. against yeah, And um, got to throw a uh, plug in there for my Gamecocks. They won. They so. did. That doesn't happen every. Yeah, so. you know. That's true. Anyway, well, we have a great uh, show lined up today. We're going to talk about the first uh, topic is living within your means. It's a a great article, and um, it's going to give you some specifics.
0: Yeah, so living within your means, what does that mean? You know, I think a lot of times we think just um, spending what you bring in and not spending more, not going into debt. But we're going to dig into a little bit... kind of a, a, a deeper meaning behind that phrase. So it's going to be good. Yeah, and then we're going to
1: follow up with um, uh, a discussion on scammers. And, you know, there's some there's some interesting um, uh, stories in here, you know, as I read through this and, and prepped a little bit. Um, and, you know, scammers are sneaky, you know. I mean, they, they start giving you, um, you know, websites and links that looks like it's coming from Amazon or Netflix or whatever. Yeah got to be really, really careful. And so stick around for that. It's an interesting discussion. A lot of people are are being scanned, particularly at the holidays. That's another big big time to do that. So um, by the way, I'm John Travis. I have an MBA in finance. I'm also a Dave Ramsey certified coach, and I have 30 years of experience
0: in planning for both corporations and individuals. And I'm Zach Albany. I'm a financial advisor and been in the industry for Little over three years now. Yeah, and you're studying for your CFP. CFP, yeah, getting yeah. getting ready to take that test. So yeah. yeah. that will be nice. up in, in March, right? I think March. March, March yeah, yeah. Right.
1: All right. Well, we don't want to put too much pressure on you. Yeah. If we
0: don't uh, report back in April, we you yeah. Know. <laughs> if, I, if you don't hear me, then they they've uh, disposed of me. So <laughs> you're doing. You're going to do great. So
1: <laughs> we're excited to have you listening to us today on the uh, the weekly show. We're we're up every Friday morning. Um, you can go to our website moneymd.net uh, or iTunes and and uh, listen to us. Uh, at any point you can download it uh, a lot of r- really good historical sessions it's fun to go back and listen to um, we also have um, some good information on the website moneymd.net um, college information some some forms out there uh, retirement planning little tools so go check that out Follow, uh, also a Facebook page I don't know who's up Facebook you doing Facebook I, we'll figure that out yeah yeah, I mean. Facebook page Money B, Go check that out, and um, you know you can also uh, ask us your questions as as well. So, but we're going to start off here with the uh, financial fact of the week. And um, Zach, this is pretty interesting. This comes it from is, DFA yeah. uh, Dimensional Fund Advisors. That's a mutual fund company we use. They do some really interesting deep data dives. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's things that you just you look at them and it's like wow, that's really interesting. So here here's the financial fact. It, it hones in on the the ten largest companies in the u.s and it looks at the returns before they got to the mega status right and then it looks at the returns once they got into the top 10 status and basically what it shows is they had supersized returns before they got into the the mega status and once they hit the mega status which is the top 10 uh the returns were actually underperformed the markets um going out 10 years so yeah levels off yeah it's so hard i mean they use an example of um Of intel that they had great returns for the 10 years before they got to the top 10 and then the next 10 years they underperformed the market significantly so trying to hone in on these which companies are going to outperform it's just dangerous
0: i mean it just is it's dangerous and you know you're always too late to the party mm -hmm. and then and really you yeah to get to know that you know 10 years before five years before when they're doing really well well they're not they're not really known entities yet and and so it just makes it a hard game to play. It is. It's, that's When people talk about gambling, we, we feel, I mean, the
1: markets, if you invest in mutual funds over long periods of time, historically that's done, done very well right. and been fairly consistent. Individual stocks, not so much. Matthew and I were looking uh, before uh, the show today at Amazon this year. Guess how much Amazon is down Forty-five percent, fifty percent. Wow, uh, almost fifty percent for the year, year to
0: date. I looked at that number last week,
1: and did so you, so it's you down five percent more. It's just so. amazing yeah. you know, how, all the, if you look at the returns previous to this year, it's, it's been phenomenal. It's been the place right. to go that you know everybody made a tremendous yeah. amount of money, and it's cut in half in, That's in a crazy. year. It is so it's it's risky. Yeah. All right, we I think we beat that enough. So we did. Um, we're going to go on to um, living within your means and uh, the happiness threshold.
0: Yeah. So you know what. Does it mean uh, to live with your means? You know, I think typically we think of it as spending less on your lifestyle than you generate in earnings. Your means typically refers to your income, so to live within that threshold really means to spend less than you you earn. And you know, of course, this is clearly easier said than done, given that the majority of Americans couldn't even come up with uh, $500. I, I read this a couple months ago, they couldn't come up with $500 for a surprise expense mm. without putting themselves into some sort of debt, yeah. at, at least temporarily. And so the implication here is they're not living well within their means and instead are spending right up to or beyond their limits such that there isn't any money left or, or slack available. For instance, like a $500 expense. So which is the whole point of saying to live well within your means should mean there's more than enough left over at the end of the month to deal with a surprise or better yet to actually save uh, for the future.
1: Yeah, and so there's some stats out there from the uh, Bureau of Labor, um, and it, it does show that the typical household does save some. Um, right. uh, based on the average household income of about $69,000 um, uh, for, for a family shows that about 71% of that income goes to spending. Uh, you also have taxes and so forth, sure. and, and maybe savings in 401k. Obviously the dominant categories are not surprising. You got housing at about twenty six percent, transportation at about fourteen percent, food at about ten percent. Now this is probably pre inflation, because I, I mentioned bet <laughs> you that number is a lot higher now yeah, for yeah, food. Right. Healthcare is about six percent. Of the other twenty nine percent not spent on lifestyle, you know, twenty percent goes to social security, right, uh, FICA taxes along with federal and state. And so there is some left over for, for mm-hmm. savings. Um you know, it doesn't really talk about like fun activity spending in you're here. You're not to have fun, job. No. When it comes <laughs> to when it comes to budgeting, especially. you just you just eat oh, and come live. Man, we don't. That's not what we talk about budgeting. <laughs> it gives you approval. This. There you go. You're but, right. You're right. You're right. But uh, you know and I'm and I, just teasing. In other words, the data does suggest <laughs> that typical household, um, most people do live within their means, but we do see the um, the that's surprise right. expenses sometimes do do catch people. And, um, you know, if, it, if it's tied up in a uh, 401k or an IRA, it may not be liquid. You may have taxes and That's penalties right. associated with it. So the bad news, though, is that, you know, it can result in a lack of cash for emergencies if you are if you don't have any excess. And so I think living within your means and that happiness factor is you got to have a little buffer.
0: That's right. And so, you know, also these are averages. So there's obviously more variability to them. And for the typical household, a more substantial surprise like a car accident, a roof repair, major health issue can be more than enough to really cut through the available savings that you have in your cash flow for the year even if they previously had been living within their means sometimes these expenses can put you outside of that so in other words if you're if you're living within your means and saving that $6,000 a year on that you know roughly $69,000 of income a major health event or an accident that costs 10 grand would still be cat- uh, catastrophic even for a prudent person who's budgeting well and making sure that they're Kind of their their income is um, their spending is is matching their income. In addition, it's important to recognize that even saving nine percent of income, like we've we've said in this example, may not be enough to reach your retirement goals. As typically, the savings guidelines that I know that we encourage this is fifteen percent. Mm-hmm. So you know, almost double that. So no wonder then that most households seem to fi- feel behind and, and may have to rely on the empty nest phase and home stretch leading up to retirement just to play catch up with some of their savings goals. So
1: yeah, it's hard. And inflation is putting more and more yeah, pressure more stress, on more pressure. Yeah. So this raises the question of what does it really mean to live within your means? And, and what does prudent spending uh, mean as well? So the whole point of living within your means, I mean, it suggests that your spending should be compared to your income, right? right? Which is a a budget which yep. you just sure. put a negative tone on but that's okay i love i love budgets i, know John. You do. I really do <laughs> and you're good at it too i know we <laughs> we all encourage budgeting around here yeah. it's it's a, it's a negative word sometimes but it's actually a very positive good. exercise yeah. it just i mean simply prudent um, spending means that you 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 spend less than than what you make and it's very possible to check all the right boxes and still be spending too much on certain categories you know a lot of living within your means is really a question about your values and not simply your income, as you know, some research suggests um, that happiness or emotional well well-being it doesn't material increase um, when the income rises above. And here's the number: seventy-five thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, that's kind of what the research shows. So if a couple's making, you know, a hundred thousand, three hundred, five hundred thousand. Even if they're spending uh, thou, or 500%, excuse me, 50%, 50%, 50% of that. 500% of that yeah, would that be would, a lot. <laughs> they would be in debt. <laughs> so if someone's making, let's say, 500000 of income and they're spending 50%, right. um, it's still far past the point of giving much additional happiness from spending those dollars. So in other words, maybe it is more appropriate to view their budget as excessive uh, relative to the happiness threshold of that $75,000. Um, that we spend. But yeah, you know, that seventy five thousand doesn't go as far in New York City or no. or San Francisco. Um right. so you know it, it depends on where you live in. But you know, most people's happiness threshold is, you know, you wanna you wanna be able to pay for the basics. Transportation, yep. utilities, you got if you have kids, food, some fun in there. Yeah, you some need to savings have fun, for I sure. I mean there's a balance yeah. in there, certainly.
0: Yeah. So when when we say live within your means, I think, you know, we're coming to the conclusion is of that it's not just about your income it has to be more than your income we need deeper metrics to evaluate prudent spending in the first place recognizing you know what what happening what happens to our expenses as our income rises do we just do we just continue to notch up a bit or um or are we are we asking better questions is it is a high is it a high incomes couples right to spend far more than others If they've managed to earn far more than others and make their own decision about whether that spending is meaningful to them or not or is it hey don't spend beyond the happiness threshold Um, is that a better way to evaluate spending particularly Mm -hmm. for those whose incomes carry themselves well beyond that threshold so is an affluent couple a model of prudence living well within their means being well on track for retirement even if their income feels tight or is it really outrageous to spend lavishly when the average household spends so much less, and the couples being irresponsible because they have maybe chosen to lift their lifestyle to be within their means instead of giving, uh, getting even further along toward retirement, given that their spending is so far beyond the happiness threshold? You know, in the example you use, that two hundred fifty thousand, five hundred thousand dollars, much higher than that $7, mm-hmm. seventy-five thousand um, dollars. But you know, I think ultimately. If we are to look at what does it mean to live within your means, the key point is to recognize that it really, it can't be an objective guide. You can't just say, hey, 75,000, that's it. That's what happiness is to you. you know, it, ha- it is quite subjective, mm-hmm. right? And I think what you were talking about with budgeting is really good to ask those questions. Um, because if you're, if you're more affluent, you have more options, you have less stress about meeting savings goals. But then living within your means becomes becomes less a financial question and really more of a values question as you were mentioning before what is to, here's a question what is too much to spend on going out to eat yeah. if you can afford to do it every single night yeah what is too much? What is too much to spend if money isn't an issue? Uh, I don't know. I mean this is where you know sitting down with your spouse, sitting down with friends, sitting down with your advisor to talk through these issues becomes actually more valuable because it's not just, the finances it's act sometimes like you were saying with budgets a financial restriction is actually more liberating than just freely going wild and spending because you can and so i think when we think about what does it mean to live within your means um we need to think not just about dollar amount but also about happiness and emotional well-being i know that for me and caroline um one question we like to ask and we don't even think about money we just say hey going out to eat date night what is healthy for us and right now in our life we determined at least every other week yep. we go out what does that cost well you know we we say it does that's important to us we're yeah. going to make sure we do that because and then we'll we'll fit the other financial mm-hmm. um, obligations around that it's not really about the food it's not about the food it's it's, it's, it's a, sometimes it's, been... it's about the food though john <laughs> i mean good <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, you get can steak get steak or something. You
1: can go to a Mexican restaurant and get chips and Absolutely. salsa. Chips, salsa, for... share.
0: And oftentimes we share. Like uh, we go to. <laughs> sometimes when we go Mexican, we we split a fajita. You know, they bring that big platter. Yeah. Yummy grilled veggies and shrimp and chicken. Yeah, that's all. You and need to uh, I'm sorry, it's like before lunchtime right now. So I'm. <laughs> on my mind. I'm getting hungry. We split that. Yeah, we and. Yeah. It's not expensive. It's more that time together. But anyway, so <clears throat> thinking about what matters to you, then. Um, saying, hey, you know what? We could do this more, but is that what's right for us right now? I don't know, John. What do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think um, you know we had that discussion with with folks about spending, making sure they're spending on their their um, important things, living within right. their means, but mm-hmm. also if they have excess, um, maybe giving more, maybe helping yeah. uh, you know family out, you know, giving them some options. You know, if you're if you're struggling in this area, we, we're certainly a resource. Uh, Dave Ramsey also has um a financial peace university course it's it's basically 9 weeks you can you know go uh, in person to places or do it online um, that's a great way to kind of get some of these concepts um yeah. you know in a process and uh, we're we're big believers in in how dave lays it out and it's pretty easy to understand
0: yeah he, he's really good at just simplifying it and i think it's good for anyone to go through even if again finances are not an issue it's more of the 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 uh, emotions around money sure. so yeah, absolutely yep.
1: good uh, anyway, good topic yeah good topic and question of the week is um, should I save in a four hundred one k for my Roth or do a Roth IRA so um, there's right. different you know different thoughts on this I mean first of all in an IRA there are income limits so if you're a high income are, yep. earner over about two hundred twenty thousand then you're not going to be able to save in a Roth IRA so that would say hey go into your Roth 401k because there are no income limits you can right. actually do both of these you can save yep you know the the um, IRS limit in the uh, 401k and the IRA as well. If you're in the income limits, yeah. Um, the 401k Roth though has an RMD, which is different than yeah. you know, than the Roth IRA does not have an RMD. So there's a you can always roll that out into a, a Roth IRA. Yeah. Um, you know IRAs may have more investment options. So it's really dependent on your situation. We we do see a lot of people that have Roth 401ks and it's a good option. They get good matches. Um, yeah. You know, maybe they they can't do a Roth IRA, so it's a good a good place for them to save. We do like folks saving in um, after tax money, Because um, right. when you get to retirement, you've kind of taken that tax uh, liability off the table, and whatever the tax rates are, it doesn't impact you for that bucket of money. That's right. right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a it's a good it's a good question. We get that periodically. Um, but save in some Roth vehicle if you can. Um, it's going to be important long-term.
0: Yeah. Typically. Definitely. So. Yeah, different buckets is really helpful. So Absolutely.
1: So uh, then we're going to talk about uh, scammers. Um, scammers never sleep. This is by Stephen Wiseman and um, published uh, earlier this year. And, and uh, you know, the past few years certainly have a lot of challenges, um, but throughout it all, one group has refused to let it hold them back and that's scammers, Zach. I mean, they, yes. you know, the pandemic, uh, they certainly, there are a lot of scams associated with oh, the pandemic and whatever twist and turns um, the economy or the pandemic takes, I mean, scammers are there with their sleazy tricks and uh, that makes it difficult, um, you know, for victims. They, they've come up with online shopping scams, that have exploited the pandemic, um, you know, because there's been more people doing internet shopping, streaming scams uh, that have exploited the boom in Netflix, rental scams, um, you know, that exploit the recent shortage of available homes. And I mean, these are just smart people and that are devious, unfortunately. Yeah. So, you know, we, we talk about this. I see emails come across they look legit. Um, I, I have fortunately never clicked on one before, but I know people that have in my family, and oh, it's yeah. just, it just takes you down a bad, um, a bad rabbit hole. So we're get we got a couple examples here, and these things are really tricky. So we'll start off with the first one here.
0: Yeah. So the first one is the the trusted online merchant scam. You just you mentioned Amazon, so we'll use an example. So um, the example we have here is that a man in Tempe, Arizona, he wanted to buy a refurbished computer that he found listed on Amazon for $441. The computer was being sold by an Amazon third-party seller. Not Amazon itself, but it was listed on Amazon. This third-party seller advised would-be buyers to get in contact via email before buying the computer to confirm that the item was still in stock. Mm. So the buyer did so and received a reply assuring him that the computer was still available. He provided a link to the seller's Amazon's, you know e-payment page. Um, and this page recommended that the buyer make the purchase using Amazon gift cards. It always ding, involves ding, gift ding. cards. It's something gift always cards. strange.
1: Like you can't pay some yep. certain way. If gift cards are in the, you just need to walk away. Yeah.
0: So, you know, the seller then explained the, this, uh, that the, the, both the buy, yeah, yeah, the gift cards, the buyer and the seller would be, it would add a layer of uh, Amazon's consumer protections, right? And there's always this like uh, excuse or example. The buyer followed the directions. After all, buying a product listed on Amazon using these gift cards, he thought it was safe, but, he suspected something was wrong and quickly contacted Amazon when the purchase did not appear in his account. A uh, customer service rep informed him that he had been scammed and explained that gift cards cannot be canceled after they have been used for purchase. So Amazon refused to make good on this man's losses because the e-payments page he received from the seller to complete the transaction mm-hmm. wasn't a real Amazon webpage, even though yes. it looked like
1: Oh, it. absolutely. They look, they look legit. They do. So gift cards, if anybody tells you to pay in gift cards, don't Just don't, don't pay don't in don't a gift it. card. Yeah. So yeah, don't be lulled into a false sense of security um, just because you're shopping on a well-established website like Amazon or Walmart. I mean, not only do scammers have tricks to lure shoppers away from those legitimate websites, but they also, uh, there are a massive number of authentic looking imposter sites. And there was uh, some research done by Checkpoint Research recently that warned that there were more than 2,300 new imposter Amazon sites that had sprung wow. up in the last 30 days leading up to Amazon's most recent prime day sale. So they see the prime day sale coming up and 2,300 new imposter sites. So be especially aware if a third-party Amazon seller asks you to contact him or her via email or text before making a purchase, it could be a ploy to shift the sale off the Amazon website. And don't buy from sellers who request you know gift cards. Right. Um, they're likely doing so because gift card payments are difficult to track or, or to reverse. So if you pay with a credit card, you can often get your money back. That's right. By asking the, the card issuer to initiate a chargeback. And uh, you can't do that with gift cards. Nope. So if you're not 100% certain you're on a legitimate Amazon site uh, or another legitimate mainstream U.S. shopping site, um, you know, confirm that there's a little closed lock icon before the web address. Um, cut and paste the website address into the, into the um, uh, it says whois.com. I've never heard of that. Hmm. Who is it? It'll Oh, it'll. Uh, I'd just get off the web. I'd start, I'd restart the whole thing. I mean, if you're yeah. asking for gift cards or, you know, going right. off, going off site with via email or text, it's just a sign. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, the best thing to do is whenever I suspect a scam is to just go, go to the website the way you would traditionally do it. Yeah. Like you're saying, try and just reset it. Yeah. Um, because, and also, really, the, like you mentioned earlier in the show, holidays are a great, time for scammers because it's all about you need to buy it now you might miss out if you don't buy it now and yep. so you're willing to oh whatever i'll click through these things and then pretty soon you're yeah you're uh, being scammed and so here, and, here's uh, another uh, um yeah. uh,
1: scam um for yeah. the pandemic yeah Related. right
0: exactly yeah so here's another scam i got i got all the examples today you John. got them man. i go. like them so picture this You're a woman in Orlando. (laughs) I can't picture that. (laughs) Sorry. You can't picture yourself living in Orlando. Is that right? Yeah, that. Yeah. (laughs) So you're a woman in Orlando. You received a text supposedly from the Florida Department of Health asking her to confirm her vaccination status. And the text said if she was fully vaccinated, she could have this information embedded in her driver's license. So then a link in that text led this woman to an official looking website that asked her to confirm her identity by providing her social security number and other information. It also asks her to supply a credit card number to pay a modest fee for the replacement license. Mm. This is typically called a phishing scam. It's designed to steal uh, identity, your Social Security, your credit card numbers. And uh, the truth is, no state has launched any program to add vaccination status to a driver's license. So,
1: Yeah. So what do you do? What do you do, John? Yeah, you uh, certainly decline personal information, credit card information um, relating to vaccine status and other things as well. I yeah, mean right. Person in, insists that you provide the info or face consequences such as financial penalties. Ask what company or government agency she, he, or she represents, um, and then hang up.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. He
1: doesn't say that, but you just—I mean, when you know you, when people start asking for information, um, you know, don't believe a caller is from a particular company. I mean, the IDs that they come across on the um, right. on the uh, ID caller can can fool people as well. So you just got to know what to look for and it's not easy that's why people are scammed but you know credit card personal information just walk away
0: yeah and in all these examples they they want you to act now they you hey, know you can't right. call back you yep. can't they won't want, want you to do that it's just act now because you have to or else yep. and re- realistically if you if there really is an issue typically there's grace periods there's yes. time to respond so anyway uh, don't act hastily uh, this the next, next one's this next one's good i it mean it's good. not good but it's right. sneaky all right, this time you're not in Orlando. This time you're in I'm New a, York. This time I'm a New York woman? Yeah, you're a New York woman. Okay. All right. And you got a little good news after a holiday season out of uh, of out-of-stock gifts and slow shipments. An email informed you that UPS would be refunding the money you'd pay to ship a gift because it had failed to deliver the package in a timely manner. And it nice. had. Yeah,
1: grandkids didn't get the they gift. They didn't
0: get it. So a link in this email directed this woman in New York, uh, to an online refund form that requested details about the delivery, including ding, the ding, credit card she used to pay. Yep. As you, you know, you've probably guessed. Obviously, this is from a scammer. This is phishing. The woman fell for the scam because UPS had indeed failed to get her grandkids their Christmas gift on time. Something that it seemed only the real UPS was likely to know. But the scammers didn't need to know that UPS had let this woman down. They knew that the majority of delivery comp- delivery companies, including UPS, FedEx. USPS, the post office, well, I guess is USPS, and Amazon all have been overwhelmed lately. So the likelihood of somebody having that situation situation, right, is high. And so that's what the the scammers aren't targeting you. They're targeting thousands,
1: millions. A situation that they send out a million emails and there's going to be a hundred people responding. Yeah. So what do we do, John? Yeah. So ignore delivery company refund emails, text calls. Uh, unless you've specifically requested a refund. I mean, how many times does a company reach out and say, we're going to hey, give you a refund. We're going to give you some money back, Zach. It yeah. doesn't happen very often. So just you got to be suspicious when they're starting it, particularly the credit card. Don't put the credit card in there, yeah. um, you know, because they're going to they're gonna have access to it. Yeah. All right. Now this time you you can be
0: a, a man. You're a California man. California man. Okay. This is a good one as well. It's, yeah. It just shows how clever they are. Yeah. And this is this is regarding Netflix. So you, you're a California man who had watched... Netflix hit show, Squid Game, that was big last year, um, received an email that read, in part, we're glad you enjoyed season one. The email provided a link to a sneak preview of the show's (sighs) forthcoming season. Sneak preview? I get to see a sneak preview. You do. You do. Only you too, John. No one else. He believed the email was legitimate because after all, only the actual Netflix would have known he was a subscriber and that he'd watched Squid Game. But the scammer was just playing the odds similar to the last example yep. just playing the odds netflix membership uh, and used uh use it had skyrocket during the pandemic squid game was one of the most popular shows so if he hadn't watched it then he would have deleted it but sure. but they're playing the odds so the sneak preview link loaded a malware Uh, some malware onto the man's computer and then, you know, they have access to your, your personal information.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that is, that is really clever, right? I mean, they're looking, they're just
0: looking for opportunities, um, whatever's
1: happening out there. So, you know, there's a lot of scams out there, Zach. I mean, if you're unsure, contact the company directly you know ask a trusted friend I mean we we do see um, uh, the elderly get um, you know scammed quite often um, uh, young people everybody gets, yeah, everyone you know, does really yeah it's it's difficult because they these things look legit so just pause um, like you said if they're trying to get you to do something now then just walk right. away that's yep. that's not how this works so um, yeah just be careful in the upcoming holidays we've got uh, scammers out there they're trying to try yep. to get us all
0: yeah. So,
1: all right. So good. the uh, the prescription of the week is: um, How do you break a a bad spending habit? And it gets back to that old budget word. It really um, does. You know, budgeting, monitoring whether excess is is spending is going. A lot of times, when I see someone that's struggling with spending, I'll ask them to show me a budget, mm-hmm. and they'll bring a budget in. And when I see a whole bunch of zeros on the end of numbers, that means they really don't know what the categories are. As an example. I spend five hundred dollars on groceries. Mm-hmm. Five hundred even. No, I want to see yeah, five hundred and forty-one dollars and yeah, right. twenty-six cents. Right. Maybe not the the pennies, but you know. And they have like five kids um, yeah, under awesome. the age of twelve. Yeah, it, <laughs> it so. is. So you gotta when you do a budget, you've got to then track it. Um, yep. Dave Ramsey has a great app. It's called Every Dollar. Yep. Um, there's another one out there that some
0: clients have used. is called YNAB. That's so why I use YNAB. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Okay. They're not an endorsement. They're not, they're not so it's anymore,
1: Y-N-A-B. Right. And, yeah. And so you, you for, need a budget.
0: Yeah. I do? You do. Yeah, you yeah, all you do. do. Oh, yes. yes, you do. I do that's, have a budget. That's their tagline. So you, you need, need a budget. budget. Yes, yeah. you do. So there's, there's, yeah. good,
1: there's good tools out there, but yeah. you, you also have to tie it in, if you can tie it into your accounts, because um, you have to track it. If you don't track it, it's not a budget.
0: Yeah, track it, right. talk about it. Um, bad spending habits I think you know like you're saying it's it's better solved within a group whether it's your spouse your friends um, just to make sure you're going back to our conversation with living within your means like what what is valuable to you what do you want to spend your money and time on and just make sure you've got the, the income to yeah. match that so um,
1: I think Steve's doing this next week you think he's going to show up if Clemson loses again?
0: Let's just hope they win because because we need him to show up yeah we need him to show okay, up okay all right although you know I enjoy being here. That's right. You did a it's great fun job. To be here. So,
1: this has been this week's edition of MoneyMD. <laughs> Tune in next week on moneymd.net to hear more prescriptions for your financial health and check out our website moneymd.net. Send us your questions or give us a call here at Richard Young Associates 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a great weekend. Yeah. See you guys. Material in this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment tax or legal Contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. All hosts are representatives of Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.